Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn. You already know who it is. TD, J. Cam, ready to talk everything Auburn for you on this beautiful day. I'm not sure where all of our listeners are, but for Atlanta and Charlotte people like Jason and myself, it has been a beautiful week. Wonderful weather, sunshine, 70. Makes me feel like spring is close. And if spring is close, then summer is close. And if summer is close, then football is close. And that's just how I operate. You know what I mean? So it's a great day. We are so glad you have all joined us. Yes, good morning, all these Auburn fans. And if you're not an Auburn fan and you're listening, good morning to you as well. But uh, I tell you what, this is this is a great day. The weather has been awesome. Um, I'm about to turn in my winter clothes for my beach clothes. But at the same time, you look at the weather forecast ahead, which Taylor told me before the came on, which kind of spoiled my day because she said, Jason, we have rain coming. We have cloudy weather. Oh, no. weekend, and I just like. Really, Taylor? Really? I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) We need to be positive. We're going to enjoy the day. And, you know, if rain comes later, rain comes. But guess what? There's always sunshine just around. I love that. You're not going to appreciate the sunshine without a little rain. You know what I mean? So that's a... That's a metaphor for life. That's also a metaphor for this Auburn football team. We uh, we felt the rain this past season, you know what I mean? But after the rain comes the rainbow, and we hope that 2021 season will be that rainbow. And we keep adding to that class. We've got a couple new big names that have joined this team that are super exciting. So we're going to talk about that for you guys, update you on some other sports. And then we've got one heck of an interview, ladies and gentlemen. We have a member of this new coaching staff, and of course – Former Auburn great Zach Etheridge is going to be joining us, a national champion, you know. I mean, this guy knows what it takes, not just in the sport, but at Auburn. And I think that he's going to give us some really quality insight on what's happening with this program right now. So super excited to talk to him here in just a little bit. But before we get into all of it, going to tell you guys, of course, about our sponsor, Bet Online. Now, football might be over. But NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. And they even cover awards, TV shows, reality TV. They've got it all. They have hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And, of course, the 24-hour online casino. So you got to head over to the website, betonline.ag, or you can use your mobile device and sign up today, and they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So again, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so like I mentioned, this coaching staff continues to hit the ground running with this recruiting trail, try and add more names to that 2021 class as best they can. I know it feels like time's passing kind of quickly. A-Day has been announced. It's going to be April 17th. That's going to be here before you know it. So this staff is eager and um, intentional about continuing to try and get these names. And it's great to see their efforts being rewarded. We've added two more guys to the defensive side of the ball. We've got Dylan Brooks and Drayshawn Miller. I have both signed with Auburn. So let's go ahead and start 
with Dylan Brooks, who is a four-star defensive edge player from Roanoke, Alabama. And fun fact, he also played a little tight end his senior year of high school. So that's certainly something to keep an eye on. This guy's listed at 6'5", 250. So it's a good-sized kid. He was actually committed to play at Tennessee. So another SEC school that <laughs> we are kind of plucking from, uh, schools like South Carolina and Tennessee that, you know, like us are kind of in the midst of a program facelift, if you will. But Auburn seemingly had a better fit for some of these kids. And so he made the decision to step away from Rocky Top and come on to the Plains. And I may be biased, but I think it's a great decision. So super excited to add him to the room and uh, a great ad for Derek Mason to be able to develop some young talent and some young talent that seems to have potential to add early. And I mean, Jason, we have talked ad nauseum about, you know, that defensive front and how they've got to get back to the days of Marlins and Derricks and that that just brick house up front and so when you see kids like this coming out of high school four star six five two fifty you know it's hard not to get your hopes up that somebody like this is going to make an impact early but then you add in the fact that he's going to be under a coaching staff a, a DC like Derek Mason with head coach experience it seems like the formula is there for young uh, fine-tuned talent like this guy in Dylan Brooks to come to Auburn and really be molded into a solid college player. I mean, if you're a recruit knowing you've got, you know, a lot of potential, you're a four-star, do you look at this Auburn situation specifically on the defensive side of the ball and go, hey, I think this situation could get me to my best? Yeah, most definitely. When you look at this staff, uh, when you look at Derrick Mason, Derrick Mason's a young coach. He's intense. He's energetic. If you look at, mm -hmm. if you listen to his players that play with him in Vanderbilt, you know, all those guys speak highly volumes of him about the intensity that he brings to the game. And some of them say they couldn't even match his intensity. So that lets you know that this guy is a no-nonsense type of coach where he's going to go all out, but at the same time, he's going to put his arms around you and talk to you when need be. So, Players want to play for guys like that. And you see us getting this Brooks kid from, from Roanoke. I've been to Roanoke. I've been to the Lake Roanoke. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a great place. And I tell you, if you want to play football, that's the one place you can go get some kids because it's not a whole lot to do besides play football. And uh, so yeah. I think we're getting a really good football player. Um, I, think he's, I think the fact that we lost Big Cat Bryant, I think oh, this yeah. helps. And uh, for, to get a defensive end of this caliber coming out of high school. So, you know, this is big. This just goes yeah. to show you that the recruiting doesn't stop. You know, even though the classes have been signed, you know, the coaches still feel like we need to add some more pieces here to continue to, to build on that. Because we didn't have the greatest of recruiting classes that we're usually having. And a lot of that had to do with the transition of coaches. Right. But they're finding a way to still get quality players here in February, going into March before we even start spring ball. That's, that's probably going to be our biggest part of our recruiting class. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we're dipping into the transfer portal, which you'll talk about later, is that this this staff is doing everything that they possibly can. And you can already see the effects of some of the new coaches that we have on staff, which I believe has an inf influence on some of these guys that's in the transfer portal where they either had a relationship before in the past. And these guys feel comfortable following some of the guys that they know. So, you know, we'll see right. how we'll see how things go. 
That's exactly what Brian Harson has tried to communicate in any of his pressers and anything like national signing day, even early signing period gets so much press. A lot of it is just, I mean, yes, the, for the high school kids, it's incredibly exciting for it to come with, you know, the notoriety and the media coverage and all of that. Like they deserve that, that moment and that stage. Don't get me wrong, but it really is kind of just to get us through the off season uh, sort of, and also give us ample time to really get to know these classes. But Brian Harson has said so many times, like this day, this national signing day is not the end of a recruiting period. Like we can still continue to add names. We will continue to add names. And he's wanted to make that very clear with this fan base that honestly their recruiting efforts on it, it couldn't we couldn't have the bulk of our class by national signing day because the coaching staff had like just gotten to Auburn like the day before so it was unrealistic to think that we were going to have this stacked class and this long list of names because that staff had not had the opportunity to hit the ground running and and really recruit the kind of players that they want in this system so they're going to continue to do this and I, I think we'll continue to see names add up which is incredibly exciting and another one that has been added is a transfer like you mentioned a, a grad transfer in Drajon Miller who is a transfer from West Virginia he is a cornerback he actually played at Eastern Arizona College two seasons before West Virginia so getting a guy like that added in as Amazing as it is to see these, you know, young, talented, fresh out of high school kids, because you know, there's, you know, we're going to get several years of them on the planes. These grad transfers are great too, because they're veterans. They're familiar for this guy coming from the power five. Um, he's, he's familiar with the stage in which he's going to play on. And he's probably worked through some of his kinks already. He's probably broken some of those bad habits that all of them have. Like, there's a benefit to the veterans coming in as well. And I think that this is a, another exciting get, but you mentioned some of the guys in the transfer portal, you know, potentially looking at Auburn and this new coaching staff and wanting to follow guys that they have a previous relationship with and one to maybe keep our eye on. Don't want to jump the gun, but running back Keon Henry Brooks, who was Vanderbilt's leading rusher this past season, has announced this week that he is entering the transfer portal. So, of course, a lot of speculation starts surrounding that, that he may try and come to Auburn because of his relationship with Derek Mason. Um, he actually mentioned Derek Mason in his statement that he posted on social media announcing that he was entering the transfer portal. He thanked Derek Mason very early in that statement. So it's very evident that these two have a great relationship and we also have talked about Auburn's running back room is not at the depth in which Auburn wants it to be. So I think that this could be a really great fit. And I would not be surprised if we eventually find out that Keon Henry Brooks is heading to Auburn. And I think that that would be such a great fit for one. Um, and two, it would give everybody another sigh of relief that we are adding in the position group that I still think Auburn's offensive identity will have a lot to do with. For these guys that are sitting there in the transfer portal, I know we have our opinions about the transfer portal, but for the ones that are sitting there right now, if you were in that situation, what are some things that you would be prioritizing when trying to make that decision? Well, first and foremost is the program. You know, what kind of program do I want to see? Do I see myself in? And, you know, secondly is what system do I see myself fitting in? 
and and looking at the head coach, you know, because you are what your head coach is. You know, that's pretty much how a team follows suit. And what are my opportunities to really get on the field? Like if I'm going to transfer to a loaded backfield somewhere, then that doesn't make sense for me, you know. But if, I'm, if I choose to come to Auburn, if I'm him, it's kind of like the right timing for him because the simple fact that we have Tank, we have Shivers, but we, we just got a kid out of Mississippi as a running back recruit, but he's coming fresh out of high school. So you don't know if you're going to redshirt him or not. So you need that depth because last year we ended up going through three or four running backs for the season. And, um, and you don't, and, and football is a long year and you need at least three healthy backs for sure. And I think Auburn would be a great fit for him because he's coming into a coaching staff that already knows him because his head coach is here on staff. So, you know, it's not a lot that, has to be said, you know, besides just put him out there on the field and let him just practice and get used to the guys and play if he chooses to come to Auburn. So, you know, I think it'll benefit him, but you never knows. But the other part about the transfer portal is so many guys get lost in it that people don't realize. Like, you know, the transfer portal is over like 1,500 to 2,000 kids that's in this transfer portal. And yeah, it's like you can get lost in the shuffle if you're not careful. So when you decide to make this transfer move, you have to make sure that you that you already have in your head that, hey, I got this thing narrowed down to two or three choices that I really want. And it's almost like they got to want you, though. It's different yeah. between coming out of high school, coming out of high school. You get to choose the college because they're all coming for you and you get to choose which one you want. Now you're in a transfer portal. The college, yes, they recruit you a little bit, but at the same time, they have to be willing to want you because they have to make sure that you can fit within their 81 scholarships or 84 scholarships that they can have for the season. So, you know, it's a big, it's a pretty big deal that you put yourself out there when you do to the transfer portal because right. it may not all go right for you. And we've seen it happen for a lot of guys. They just get lost in the shuffle that was coming out of high school. That was four-star and five-star recruits. So, right. you know, hopefully things, uh, you know, work out for this kid. And if we see him in an Auburn uniform, that's great for Auburn and, you know, great for him. But uh, at the same time, like, Drayshon Miller, mm-hmm. this guy was a big-time cornerback. Mm-hmm. Like, we need another corner. You know, yes, we have yeah. two starters on staff on, on the roster right now in, in McCrary and, and Jalen Simpson, but – if you can add a guy like him, like you said, experience teaches volumes because yeah. he's already gone through the valleys. He's already gone through the through the trenches and he, he knows some of the things, uh, early jumps on balls. He knows how to read quarterback eyes and certain coverages and things that you can get away with because he has experience and that's something that you can't teach. So I think adding a guy like him to our, to our defensive backfield under Zach, I think it pays off. And uh, we yeah. see why we have Zach here as our defensive backs coach because – he is a young guy. He's energetic. He knows how to recruit. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we end up getting this kid from West Virginia uh, to come play under Zach. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, Zach is a guy that I think has a major influence on, on players. And we'll find out today when we talk to him later in the interview. So the transfer portal can, can help teams like Auburn, teams that didn't mm-hmm. get the guys they all wanted in a recruiting class. But you can pick up some guys in the transfer portal that can change everything for your season. Right. And another thing about Zach is that he can, you know, like, I think it's incredibly beneficial that he's a younger coach. He can connect with those guys and build those relationships, but he can also sell Auburn because he's, he's experienced it. He's lived it. I think it's exactly why Cadillac has been so successful as a coach. Like there's such a benefit to really know what you're selling and what you're talking about because you lived the life that you're trying to get these guys to come live. Um, And so I think that's incredibly beneficial and I'm excited to see what he continues to do 
in that regard. But I want to tell you guys about one more sponsor of ours, and that is eBay Sneakers. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe that you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair that you have been eyeing. And with their authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators will verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. And each sneaker receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. So basically, no chance that you're not getting the credible shoe you're looking for. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated the selling fees on sneakers that are over $100. So it makes it free to sell or flip your collection. So really a great deal, whether you're the buyer or the seller. You want to go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and a unique selection. Okay, so a lot of these guys, the names that we've been talking about that had already, you know, signed on and, and were a part of this 2021 class, decided to enroll early and are already there participating in strength and conditioning programs. Some of those are quarterback Demetrius Davis. I'm just really excited to see what that guy becomes. Cornerback Kamal Haddon, safety Amari Harvey, defensive tackle Lee Hunter, tight end Landon King, and offensive lineman Garner Langlow. They all enrolled in January, so they're already down there participating in strength and conditioning workouts, which, Jay, when did you go down to Auburn? Did you go early yeah, or not? Nah? No, I went to Auburn uh, as, soon as, as soon as yeah, as soon as graduation was over with. There is no way they was about to steal my prom and steal my, <laughs> my senior basketball season saying. away. And because uh, I'm just like, look, Lord, well, I got four years to go to college and yep. put everything I can to college, university and get ready and everything to play football. But I get to come through high school one time and then I want to go to my senior prom. I want to go to I want to play my spring sports that I still was participating in. And yeah. those things mean something to me. And I want to walk across the class with the class that I've been going to school with since I was in first grade. So, right. you know, that meant something to me. But. There were guys that came early. Dan and Lindsay was a guy that came early and it paid off for him because he ended up being a four-year starter because he mm -hmm. showed up in January. So guys get a chance to go through some of the winter workouts and they get a chance to get embraced in the system a lot earlier. They get a chance to learn a playbook. They get a chance to be around the guys and 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 kind of get the get a four or five month edge on becoming a college student faster than guys that's coming out of high school after graduation. So that's true. You know, so it all depends on if a guy's going to redshirt or not. If you're not going to redshirt, it, it benefits you coming in in January. But if you're right. a guy that's probably going to redshirt, then just come after you graduate. So there's benefits to both. But at the same time, like, when you come in in January, guys don't know this. You better put your hard hat on because mm -hmm. January and February to me was the hardest, hardest part of college. Really? Because, yes, it was hard because – that flipping and rolling mat drills at five o'clock in the morning, dew on the ground, it's 30 something degrees sometimes, 40 something degrees, and coaches just yelling and screaming and get up and go and run. And, and it's almost like somebody injected them with some type of insane type of, we're going to act crazy today type stuff. And they just, it's like, coach, who, who are you today? Like, it's almost like he just completely flipped. And, hmm. uh, and, 
I just remember going to those bear crawls and stuff. I was like, why am I bear crawling? I said, I am a quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there got me bear crawling and flipping and rolling. And, oh and uh, but it was the thing was they try to create this intensity for everybody on the team. One for all, all for one. And mm-hmm. we're going to work hard and we're going to see who's going to quit when the going gets tough. You heard the saying before, and yeah. they, they really do that to you in January, February. And you hear the team right now doing these Ironman awards. And I think the reason they're doing that because coach wants to find out right now, who can he count on when the game is on the line? It's third and one. It's fourth and one on the go. Who's going to quit? Who's going to, who's going to unleash? And, and who's going to be the guys he can depend on? And you find that out during putting them through the hardest test, which is in January, February, and this spring ball comes, it's going to be open competition. So this is an exciting time for fans because they get you to hear about a lot of different things. But mm-hmm. for the players, this is hard work. This is a tough time for them. That's so true. I think that's a really great point and probably not something a lot of fans realize, but it is exciting to see these guys. I think I read that Brian Harson said something like this uh, following National Signing Day that, you know, even in the midst of all the change and the confusion and the question marks around, you know, this program, these guys picked Auburn for Auburn. And then as soon as they had the opportunity to be down there and to start work, they did. And I do think it's relevant that, you know, their high school experience was certainly shifted. But I think that decision to go ahead and step into the next chapter may have been easier because of that. But it's great to see all of these names that are already down there getting ready for the opportunity to compete the names that are continuing to add and and pile up to this class as we get closer and closer to the 2021 season. Let's go ahead and shift gears a little bit, get you caught up on what's happening with some other sports. We'll start with men's basketball. Unfortunately, since we last talked, things have not really gotten much better for this team. They lost to LSU 104 to 80 and then lost to Florida 74 to 57. They only have two more games on the season because of the postseason ban that we self-inflicted. I don't know if that's the term that you would use, but (laughs) we have Tennessee this week, Alabama next week, and then that will wrap up the season. Certainly not the season like we've seen in the past few years, but also to add insult to injury, Sharif Cooper got hurt uh, last week. Bruce Pearl said he rolled his ankle pretty bad in practice, so he actually sat out the Florida game. He was seen on the bench in a boot and walking around with crutches, so not a great sign and very little expectation that he'll play in the next two games. Bruce said, you know, we never rush anybody, but he's a hard-fought, you know, tough kid that loves the game and and would come back if he could, but – without, you know, the chance at postseason and with the regular season that we've had, I I wouldn't chance it if I were him, but we'll see what he opts to do for these next two games. But then, of course, the conversation immediately turns to, is that it for Sharif Cooper and Auburn? Which, I mean, if it is, that's that you can barely quantify that as a college season, you know? I mean, the kid – Kid was out the first 11 games because of an NCAA investigation. Now he gets hurt and he has to miss the last three of the regular season. There's a postseason ban, so there's not any chance of playing after that. And it's the one season where we have no fans because of a global pandemic. I mean, if he chooses to go pro after this, you know, all the respect to him. I mean, the 2021 NBA mock draft 
the first round of that came out and he's projected to go ninth overall. I mean, this kid's going to have a great career. And if he chooses to pursue that after this, you got to respect it. But I would rather him get the opportunity in an actual college experience. So we'll all wait and see that decision. But for him to have only played in 12 college games, he has an average of 20.2 points, 8.1 assists, 4.3 rebounds in 33 minutes per contest. So my guy can ball is basically the moral of the story. And he only needed 12 games to show us all that. Yeah, you know, this is a tough decision. I just, like you said, I wish he would have had the opportunity to, to play with the crowd noise that's, that's, you know, Auburn Arena brings, you know, going crazy, you no know, fans in there just, you know, makes it super hard on opponents. And, and with his style of play, like, could you imagine the student section being up there with the little signs holding up, you know, Cooper oh. with the hair and, and everything. And as he's driving the ball down the court, times he gets it, he's, he's pushing it 100 miles per hour, trying to get to the next basket. So, you just uh, like you can only visualize what could have been. But yeah. if he's able to come back for another season, we get a chance to tie him up with Jabari Smith, which is the number fifth, number five player in the nation at a high school, mm-hmm. the McDonald's All-American that's coming to Auburn. You can piece these two guys together because people was hoping that Okura and Sharif got a chance to play together. They played together in high school at McEachern, and they was hoping they got a chance to play together this year at Auburn, but Okura had the opportunity to go pro, so he left to go pro, and now Sharif coming in. Now Sharif has the opportunity to go pro with Jabari coming in, so it's great that we're getting these recruits, but at the same time, you're getting them to play together, but they really don't get a chance to play together. And that's the that's the problem with the one and done sometimes because you get caught with that, with that you know, just – it's hard for kids to turn down the opportunity to play at the next level, especially if they're top 10. But right. are there things I think that he could get better at by benefiting by him coming back another year besides just the experiences? Yes, I think there's things he can get better at. One, he can get stronger as a player. Two, he can get better defensively. And, uh, and I think the other thing is he can work on his shooting a lot more. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, him staying another year benefits him from a standpoint that he may even go higher next year. He could be a top three draft pick. And uh, because he's as he's got a chance to improve those skills where if you go to the NBA and, you know, everything you're going against guys that's, that's really big and tall, it's not as easy to get into the paint and shoot those floaters. you got to have an outside shot. And I think that's something that he can work on this offseason because this year I feel like he got robbed a little bit because – the NCA took so many games from him and took so many experiences from him during the offseason. Right. It's hard for a kid that's coming out as top recruited. And then all of a sudden you have, you're hearing rumblings that you may have to sit because of something the NCA, we still don't know what it was, why they made him sit for so many, so, so many games. And then he get an opportunity to play and he's coming in the middle of the season and he's trying to get the team going. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's hurt. He's not even able to hardly finish the season. So it's kind of been like a, a roller coaster ride for the kid this year. And I would like to see him come back another year. Uh, and it's not selfishly. I just think from a benefit of watching basketball and watching NBA so much, it would help him from those things that I talked about earlier. And I just feel mm-hmm. like, you know, it's to like, I know, understand, I understand, like, yes, the money is thrown at these kids, boom, they're going to say, oh, I got to go take it before I get hurt. Right. People always say that, but I always say this too, though. What's for you is for you. And mm-hmm. you can get hurt walking out the front door of your house. You know, so we have got to stop saying that type of stuff because we make impulsive decisions off saying things like that. You know, like totally. 
I played four years through college in college. Ronnie played four years in, in college. Cadillac played four years in college. Do you not think our risk of getting hurt on a football mm-hmm. field was high? It was, but you have to believe and have faith that God got you and you're going to go out there and you're just going to perform and do your best. And what's for you is for you. And a lot of guys benefited all coming back for another year. Like we all did when we came back for our senior year, right. you know, it benefited us. So, you know, we've got to stop this narrative of, of putting these things in these kids' heads and, uh, and, and really talk to them because a lot of guys, I've seen a lot of guys of Sharif's size decide to go pro. Yes, they get drafted in the first round, but then you never hear about them anymore. They end up in yeah. the league. They end up in, you know, playing overseas and stuff like that. And they don't ever get a chance to live in that NBA thing because they kind of left too soon. Yes, they got paid early on, but looked at how much they probably missed on the back end because they wasn't developed just yet to get there. And that's why yeah. I feel like he could benefit by coming back another year of getting stronger and not having all these things going on. But at the same time, work on his shot. Get your shot better. And I think yeah. that helps him because of dribbling, getting point A to point B, he's the fastest in NCAA. Right. But there's things that can help him at the next level. So true. That is such a good point. What's for you is for you. So hopefully uh, he makes the decision to come back. And honestly, hopefully the 2021 season is more normal. But we'll all definitely be keeping an eye on what he does. Real quickly before we bring Zach in, I'm going to update you on a couple programs. Last week we mentioned gymnastics had not gotten a win on the season yet, and they changed that, people. They got their first win over Georgia, which is a great win because Georgia has a very historic program with a score of 197.05. So congrats to the gymnastics team for getting that win. They face Florida this week. And then big congrats to baseball, who made headlines this week because they made program history defeating Alabama A&M 33-0. You heard that right, people. That sounds like a football score. 33-0 to zip against <laughs> Alabama A&M. I mean wowzers that is uh quite the doozy but congrats to the team they are off to a hot start five and zero honestly baseball across the sec right now is looking fire they are stacked so super excited to see conference baseball back in play here in a few weeks but uh we we've got some more football to talk about we've got a great guest to do it with and i am so excited to get to talk with someone who is on this coaching staff someone who is a part of this rebrand, rebuild, and can give us some insight on what is going on inside those walls. So let's go ahead and bring Zach Etheridge in now. All right, everybody, without further ado, we know this is why you're actually listening. You're as excited for this interview as Jason and I are. We are so excited to welcome in former Auburn safety team captain, national champion, and now cornerbacks coach everyone welcome in zach etheridge welcome to the show zach and war eagle war eagle i'm excited to be on and thanks you guys for having me today well zach i'm i'm super pumped to talk to you we're obviously going to talk about your playing days we've got to talk about that national championship (laughs) we're going to get to it but i i really want to hear about how things are right now because this this is kind of it feels like uncharted territory for Auburn fans right now, just because it's been so long since the program had this much of a flip, you know what I mean? And uh, Mm -hmm. I think we're all kind of 
in this position of being on the outside looking in. And there's a lot of, you know, talk about what Harson wants to do and, and what the staff's mentality is and all of that. But you're on the inside and, and we're certainly excited to hear from you and, and just kind of give us a little input into how the program is right now in the midst of this rebuild and rebrand and, and kind of what the philosophy is at this point. Um, you know, just just being able to to come back and be a part of Coach Harson's staff is the biggest thing that Coach Harson does have a plan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He knows what he wants. He knows what it looked like. He's been successful with his plan. And it's exciting. I mean, just from, you know, the meetings to how organized it is to just going from point A to point B and knowing what to do and how it looks has been exciting. And, and that just feeds down to all players as well. And we started everything with the foundation uh, of just taking a step back and really truly getting guys to understand why we play football, what is it that we do, and how to do it, just from a foundation standpoint, or just from the ground up, going mm-hmm. back to learning how to get in the stands, learning the different things of just the basic fundamentals of getting in the stands is important. And then just understand that the goal is to go 1-0, and and that's on the field and off the field. From that, it just understand that, okay, the first step is just being on time, like going back to those dynamics and going back to those those core values of just understand how to be a human being for our players when it comes to a structure standpoint of what you're supposed to be. And that's been exciting just to see from that, from that foundation of, of where we're trying to get this thing to go and just seeing the development plan that he has for not only just the players, but as coaches as well, has been on the same page, speaking the same language, making sure that that we're all speaking the same thing because all players got to hear the same thing. You got they got to hear the message from everybody mm-hmm. um, in the building. They're saying the same thing, so that's been that's been going really good, and the guys are bonding to it and they're working their tails off. Yeah, that's great. You know, because all the things that we've been hearing and uh, seeing, you know. Uh, couple of social media pages is the fact that Auburn has created this Ironman award. And I really like it because it it creates a competitive atmosphere, you know, Mm -hmm. during January and February where you start to build up towards the spring and then you get ready for the season. Everything is a building phase. Talk a little bit about what the Ironman award is. And and so the fans can understand like what it is that these guys are putting forth the effort right now to improve. Well, one of the things is that, that, we stand on and everybody that that been a part of the Auburn program in this university is understanding the creed, uh, what the creed means, what is entailed, and and that's what we've leaned on. And in that creed, it talks about work hard work and it talks about integrity and everything that we do. So we're back to that that mindset of the work hard work blue ca- blue collar mentality of just being what Auburn man is about. What we're about is just blue collar, hard nosed work, and being a, being a true competitor in everything that you do. You know, so whenever you do compete, you're gonna compete on the field, but you also gotta compete in life when you get that job interview. And that's what we've been focusing on, just having that mentality that when we hit the weight room, it's just as important as being on the field. So that's what we're doing as far as the Ironman work and just getting guys to compete in everything that they do, and and just hate losing. You know what I mean? Just hate. Losing, and then if you do lose, let's find a way to get better and find a way to have a different plan of attack whenever you get that opportunity again. So that's what it's been about is just the creed and just 
understand that this is blue collar program and this work hard work, and we're gonna compete against anybody. I love that, and I think the past couple of seasons that Jason and I have been doing this podcast, that's something that he and I would notice at a certain point in season is that that grit, hard work foundation of Auburn football that we've been accustomed to seeing in years past, not necessarily completely went away, but it, it certainly wasn't as in your face as it usually was. And I think that the little bit that we have been exposed to this you know, new coaching staff and how it's all gelled. What we have seen is an emphasis on, you know, structure and hard work. And I think that's a great foundation. And someone that I also think really emulates that in his career that I've been able to work with is Derek Mason. And so when that hire was announced, it seemed like a really great fit, knowing what I what I knew about him and and how he, you know, operated as a coach up until now that hard work mentality seems to be his as well. And I know he's somebody that you're going to work a good deal with. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, what kind of DC he is and, and how that adjustment has been on that side of the ball. Uh, you know, Coach Derek Mason is, is, is phenomenal. You know I mean? He's had an opportunity to be a coordinator and be a head coach in, in uh, this conference. And just his core values, his energetic style, he's a motivator. And he was, he's an outstanding teacher. And, you know, just feeding off his energy is just having that relentless work ethic or pointing to our guys and just understanding that everybody has a different story. You know what I mean? Everybody's story is going to be uh, different. But at the end of the day, we're here to come together as one to play relentless style defense. And that's what we all hear is just to make sure that we put a product on the field from a relentless standpoint of bringing that same passion, bringing that same energetic and understand that we're, we're laying the foundation and we're laying bricks to make sure that we put that style of play on the field. And, and he believes in it too. Coach Harson mm-hmm. and Coach, Coach Mason has a plan on what it's supposed to look like, how it's going to look. And every day he walk into the office, you just know his presence. You can feel his energy because he's excited about what he's about to do. And he's excited about the opportunity he do have. And me just being – you know, a young coach and learning from him from a back-end standpoint um, has been outstanding. You know, us being able to work together, talk through some thir- certain things that how we see it and and him being able to allow coaches to put their input in has been has been outstanding. And, and you just love to work for a guy like that because at the end of the day, he's a guy you'll love to go to war with and battle with every single day because he truly cares about the success of this program. He truly could, cares about the success of the players so um that's what he's been bringing to the table and it's been exciting to work with it yeah it sounds it sounds like you can hear a lot of noise from the planes about you know the energy that this guy brings and guys that formerly played for him uh you know they speak so speaks up about his intensity and say man it's hard to match his intensity and uh you know that speaks volume so but when you think about the recruiting aspect you know, y'all came in on the back end. Y'all wasn't able to be a part of the first part of the recruiting class, and you was able to get a couple guys in, in the second part. But the biggest part with it, that y'all have won at is uh, y'all picked up two big guys on the defensive side of the ball. You get Brooks from Roanoke, um, the defensive end, and then all of a sudden you get the the transfer in uh, Dreshawn Miller uh, from as a corner. Now, you talk about being a DB coach. You know, you already have McCrary there. You have Jalen Simpson and – you know, Smoke Monday and, and these guys that are there. 
talk about what it means to get a guy like Drayshon and what it means to get a guy like Brooks to come in at the defensive end position, especially when we lost a couple of guys at that position from the last season. Well, it's exciting to how, how those guys come in. Um, the biggest thing with, with, with myself and Coach Mason and the, and the staff is making sure that we have guys in that want to compete. I mean, Hogan, having competition within the room, um, being able to add value to those guys so it holds the integrity of the room. Again, that goes back to that work hard work, and it goes back to the competition aspect within your own position room. Um, you want to have the best. You want to add value to every position. But the biggest thing in signing these guys, it, it gives you depth. I mean, a lot of DBs and a lot of defense and D linemen, we have to use some of those guys on special teams. And um, mm-hmm. they bring that value to help us on special teams that allow you to be able to sustain in the fourth quarter to win ball games. So, you know, just being able to bring those type of guys into the program, especially, you know, a guy that's transferring like Dre, um, you know, he's played a lot of ball and that was intriguing for him because he's played ball in the, at a high level and he comes from a program that, that understands the work. So it's been exciting to add him. It's been exciting to have guys like Dylan to come in and, um, to kind of help add value to what we have and what we're trying to implement as far as that competition within the room. It's certainly a great sign to see it continue to gel and, and take shape as we get closer and closer to spring ball and then ultimately season. I, I want to talk a little bit about your experience right now, kind of following in, in the recruiting question. Jason and I have talked about the benefit of guys like yourself and, and Cadillac being on staff because not only can you really, you know, mold these young men and connect with them and and develop those relationships that are so imperative, you actually understand Auburn. You know, there's another level to it that you are able to bring because you lived it. You have been in their exact shoes. What is it like for you now to return to your alma mater, to be on the coaching staff back at the place where you once were coached and and what kind of legacy do you hope to start to build as you know an alum who now is in a coaching role um you know it's it's been exciting to come back um really really fired up for the opportunity that coach harson has gave me to come back um just being around the guys and, and you were able to share your story your journey about the the times that you walk these same halls that they've been able to walk and mm-hmm. and that's been uh beneficial because now they they know you know as far as watching you and how you go about that but the biggest thing for me is being able to pour into these guys mm-hmm. um on what it means to be an Auburn man and and certain things not going to always go smooth but you got to know how to overcome the adversity when things don't and and just just really overemphasizing the brotherhood of just playing for one another has been um, some that I've been able to talk about with these guys of understanding these guys that are to your left and to your right, that you got to go in that locker room every single day, just get, get to know them, know their why and why they're here at Auburn. And then it allows you to go play for them and play with them because you know their story and you know why they're doing this. And that's how you build team chemistry. I mean, the best, mm-hmm. the best teams, are player-driven teams, and every team that we've been at, that that has success at Auburn, and that you see if you watch when Jason played Cadillac, 
all those guys play here, you saw the brotherhood from afar of why you had Auburn. And you saw the brotherhood of what we won the national championship of guys just being player-driven guys and just bought into the program and what the coaches were preaching. And and we just believed in it. Not only that, we took ownership in what we was, we was coached to do. And we did it amongst ourselves and we put time in it. So just coming back and having that opportunity to share that with these guys that have been outstanding um, and just building trust with them, just knowing that we're here for them. We're here to serve them. It's not about me. It's not about uh, Cadillac. It's all about the Auburn family. It's about the program. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do to make sure that they're here for something bigger than themselves. And I think that's been um, – the most rewarding thing because now I get to come back here and serve as a coach and be able to pour into these young men in their everyday lives on what it takes to be an Auburn man and how you get there. It speaks volumes about the, the kind of coach that I know you are. Before we let you go, I got to ask you about 2010, my guy. All right, let's just talk. Let's go back in time <laughs> for a minute. That national championship. I mean, look, the reality is, and hopefully this changes in the future, there aren't a ton of guys out there who can say they won a national title at Auburn. You know, that, that's just the reality. And, and you get to say that. Take us back in time a little bit to that special year. What memories do you have from that team that year and that title game? I mean, it, it, it's exciting to say it. Um, just being, being a national championship, it, it holds value. And, and obviously – you can say that for your entire life for going through yeah. Auburn and being able to, to 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 know why you came to this program, knowing what this program can do, and then have an opportunity to 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 finish your career being a national championship, uh, being a national champion is is outstanding. Um, just that year alone, I mean, we knew the year before we was we was okay, we was good, but we wasn't great. So going into that year, we we had this model of from going good to great. And Coach Chizik had a plan on what good – he showed us what good looked like, but this is what great looked like. And every day, I mean, we just focused on being great. And we held each other accountable about our approach to practice, our approach to the meeting rooms, and, and how we did things. I mean, it was times throughout that year that coaches didn't even know after Thursday practice that we was having a defensive meeting with myself, Josh Bonds, and guys just running that meeting just mm-hmm. from a communication standpoint of us being on the same page. And I think that what gave us the edge throughout that year to be able to communicate. So if you go back, I mean, just watching, um, you know, the first half wasn't always great, but once we figured out exactly how what you was doing and how you was attacking us, that second half we had you every time, you know what I mean? And, and every year it started out like just saying, okay, when it got to the fourth quarter, we knew we was going to win the game. And there was nobody on that sideline that didn't believe that. And that's what it took as a team is just saying, okay, Auburn, they're going to play to the fourth quarter. If they're in it, they're going to win it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's their approach. And um, that was the most exciting time about the entire year that there was no doubt in our mind that we was going to win every game. And we knew we had the talent to do it. We just had to go execute. And throughout that whole year, it was just – it just felt good about it because everybody was bought into the plan that we had, and we just worked together as a team to to, 
to be able to bring the championship back to Auburn in, in a long time. And, and we're doing everything we can to get back to that. Man, that 2010 group was special. You were a special player, and Auburn is certainly lucky to have you back as a coach now. So, Zach Etheridge, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with Jason and I today. We are so excited for this upcoming season to see what you guys all put together out on the field. We'll be cheering you on, of course. So, War Eagle, and thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I really enjoyed it. And um, War Eagle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.